apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. defensive play. Joel battling in the paints, laying it up and in. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Done time. Oh, wrap it up. Thompson just the two points. This team dribbling. Oh, exploding to the rim. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Posting Up Podcast. I'm Big J, joined by Sean Scanlon. Short crew today. Zay's a little under the weather. Lucas is working. So uh, just us two. We got a lot to talk about. Trade deadline tomorrow. And there's already been been some big moves made. Starting off with the biggest. CJ McCollum traded to the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, wild, wild trade. Sean, does this kind of seal the fate for Dame? Or is Dame next to go? 
Are they getting rid of everything, or is are they just going to try and rebuild around Dame again? Well, what was reported that they're trying to build up draft picks so they can rebuild around Dame, but the real question is, does Dame want to stick around for this? I mean, he's not getting any younger. Uh, they send out his, his buddy and C.J. McCollum, who really they built something with over the past five to ten years, and they sent everyone else packing, you know, pretty much. Uh, Norman Powell, their second-best scorer behind C.J. and Dame. Um Robert Covington, who's a big 3 and D guy for them. And then, you know, they get Nikhil Alexander-Walker back, but then they trade him right away. So I don't know what they're doing. Uh, if I were any other GM in the NBA, I'd call for guys like Anthony Simon, see if you can get something for him, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Nurkic, excuse me, because it looks like they're just sending everybody on their way. And if I'm Dame right now, I'd, I'm not happy because – Obviously, you know, the, the Blazers team, they went to the Western Conference Finals. They Most of the time they make it to the playoffs and they're either won or done and lose in the second round. But still, I mean, this is a team that, you know, has the pieces to make it to Western Conference Finals or maybe even further. And they kind of just blew it all, all up in their face. So uh, I wouldn't be happy if I'm Damian Lillard right now. Uh, I understand that the Blazers, you know, they think that they ran its course and that they want to try and blow it up. But at the same time, there's there's a certain window that you have with Damian Lillard still being a top ten player in the league where you got to try and win now. So, it's it's not a great look for them. Um, obviously, I don't know what they're doing, but this this definitely sets them back years. And if I'm any other team, I would try and get Damian Lillard, see if they can package him. But it seems like the Blazers are not going to be willing to give him up. So, tough spot for Damian Lillard and this Blazers organization is just a lot of question marks there right now because I it it doesn't look like they're going to be contending anytime soon. No, yeah, I honestly, I think if you're the Blazers, you got to look at a team like the Thunder and look what they've done. When when they realized it wasn't going to work with Russell Westbrook, in the after Kevin Durant left, they, they, they blew it up. They got rid of everything. They build up all this draft capital, and now, well, while they aren't at, well, they aren't necessarily competing for the playoffs. They're still a, a solid young team, and they got some pieces that, that are building and could turn into something one day. I think if you are the Blazers, that's what you got to do. That's what you have to do if you are one of these small market teams and you've decided, hey, it's not going to work. Because having Dame on your – just Dame on your team, he's going to struggle. You're going to do worse. But that isn't going to give you one of these high draft picks. You you're, you still maybe the lottery, maybe like lower, maybe ha- hope for the lottery to fall in your favor just magically that's not going to work. That's not how you build a franchise. That's not how you build up something. So, yeah, I, I understand that they like this whole Chauncey, that Dame and Chauncey Billups are doing good. But also, if you're going to have CJ, if you're going to trade CJ McCollum, why not trade him for something more meaningful? Let, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Maybe something like a Sabonis. Like a guy, Dame's never really had that good big man. Nurkic is all right when he's healthy. But, uh, yeah, so maybe... I don't know. This whole thing doesn't make sense. But, I mean, it doesn't make sense for the Blazers. For the Pelicans, I think this is big. I think this is a big upgrade. Uh, McCollum's going to be the guy. He's going to come in and be the number one because Zion ain't there. Zion's not going to be there. I don't know when Zion's going to be there. And you can't be the number one if you're not there. And now I think C.J. McCollum coming in, getting his own opportunity to lead a team. And there are some pieces. You got Valanchunas there. You got Brandon Ingram there. Uh, I think this is a team. I think he can propel the the Pelicans to the, that playing tournament. Do you agree with that, Sean? How, how do you think the Pelicans uh, made out with, with this C.J. McCollum trade? 
I think it was a solid move for them because, you know, they're playing some good basketball right now. Uh, as of right now, they are at that 10 spot in the playing tournament. Uh, they've won four games in a row. And after a absolutely abysmal start, they started off the season one and 12. Uh, they're starting to play some good basketball. And like you mentioned, they do have some good young pieces. Um, obviously, Brandon Ingram is an elite scorer. Jonas Valanciunas might be playing the best basketball of his career right now. And then you got guys like Devontae Graham, um, some other good young pieces. So, Adding C.J. McCollum to that fold will definitely help out their offense. I, I think this is a team that now uh, they could score with a lot of teams in the NBA. And if you do ever get Zion uh, back at some point this year, um, I think that they could, you know, maybe make some noise. I don't think they'll get out of the first round, but I think they can give, you know, one of those higher seeds a, a decent matchup if they get there because this is a high-octane offense. And if you look at some of the teams in front of them, uh, like the Lakers, who – are just an absolute uh, dumpster fire right now. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, the Timberwolves, they've been playing good, but they are, they're also a young team that can lose some games. So they might even be able to hop into one of these, uh, you know, seven, maybe even six seed that they don't have to play in the playing tournament. So I think it's a good move for them, especially moving forward. I think that, you know, CJ McCollum is obviously uh, still relatively young. He's someone that you can build around and a great scorer. So I think the Pelicans are definitely a team on the rise, and this could definitely propel them in the second half of the season. Uh, maybe to even get in, out of that play-in tournament and maybe get even. So I think it's a good move for them uh, and that maybe they can uh, make some more moves this offseason, depending on, obviously, the Zion situation. We don't know what's up with him, so we'll see what goes on there. But uh, for right now, I think it's a, a solid move for them. Yeah, I mean, if anything – I mean, I, honestly, I think if things work out in a perfect scenario, I think this could be like how we've seen in the – in the World Series with the Braves and now with the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think this could honestly be a trade that propels a team. I know the Pelicans aren't great, but I think if everything plays out in a perfect scenario for the Pelicans, say C.J. McComb comes in, takes that Batman role, no longer Robin, takes over as Batman, is that number one guy, can get you 30 a night, and then you maybe get a 20 from a Valent, you get ten from a, a Valentunis. You get twenty from a an Ingram when you really need it. Maybe he can drop a thirty bomb. Uh, I think that's solid. And then if Zion comes back healthy, that team, that team in the play-in, and then you got that team maybe going up against that. That's going to be a scary team, even for a a a Suns or a, a Warriors or whoever's at the top of the West. That's still going to be a scary team. So I think if everything goes in a perfect scenario, I think the Pelicans might be able to make a little bit of a run here. But like I said, it has to be a perfect scenario. And uh, we don't, that's probably not going to happen. But I'm very, very – I'm intrigued to see how C.J. McCollum can take over that Batman role. Because, I mean, he's always been a Robin. He's always been that, that right-hand man to Dame. And he's going to have an opportunity to be that leader here. Yeah, and I feel like in games where Damian Lillard has been hurt or, you know, even this year, you see that C.J. McCollum has the capability to go out and score 30 a night. I mean, that's that's what he does best is scoring, and he can score from all three levels, uh, get, into the, get into the rim, mid-range and three-pointers. So him and Brandon Ingram are definitely going to be tough to stop. Um, and then, you know, like you said, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Jackson Hayes, a good, another good young piece. So this is a team that they might not be able to stop a lot of teams, but offensively, I mean, they could score, like I said, with pretty much anyone. So – it's definitely a team that you got to watch out for if they do get into um, into the playoffs this year. Yeah, it should be interesting. Only time will tell. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, 
a lot more intrigued now that CJ McCollum's in New Orleans. I'm a lot more intrigued in New Orleans than I was just with Zion there. I will say that. So but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think even if they can't keep it for a little bit, I, I think this is a team that might be able to make some leaps and bounds maybe in the next couple seasons. But we'll see. But uh, got a little bit more to talk about. I know Zay isn't here, but we're going to still talk about his Knicks. Oh, and bro. a possible a possible move coming tomorrow. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. So Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So. I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. The last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBD Realty is? People over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Big shout out to CTBB Realty for sponsoring today's episode. But now let's talk about the Knicks. I know Zay's not here. I hope he's listening. Because, uh, I mean, he, the Knicks have obviously been struggled. Everyone thought they would be take a, another big leap like they did last year, but they haven't. Uh, and it's been evident. I mean, the, the real big reason for their success last year was Julius Randle. And he just hasn't performed. And he's upset. Uh, he's upset. And uh, – so much so he unfollowed the Knicks on social media, got into a verbal altercation with a staff, uh, staff member. Sean, can they move him? Can the Knicks find a trade partner? Will they move him by what? It's 3 p.m. tomorrow, the, the trade deadline. Will they get a deal done? I don't think they will because um, I think Tom Thibodeau is a big fan of Julius Randle. I know that he's struggling right now. And also, I don't know who would want to take on Julius Randle uh, right now because last year, obviously, he had that great year. He was an all-star. But if you look at his career, I mean, that's kind of an outlier right now. He's kind of going back to his form. And he's not terrible, but when you expect him to be that star for that team and he doesn't perform up to that uh, expectation, then it's kind of rough for the Knicks right now. They expected him to be that star again this year. They bring in some free agents like Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier to, you know, kind of – build around him but he just hasn't been that guy right now i think rj barrett has been the better player out of them two right now i think you got to try and build around rj barrett so if i were the knicks i would try and you know see what i can get for him uh see if i can get you know maybe a first round pick maybe another starter to come help us out but uh it's definitely not working out for them right now uh that magic that they had last year is just has not shown up all year for them um even defensively where you know they hang their head on they haven't been great defensively. Uh, offensively, you know, sometimes you watch these Nick games and some of these possessions are tough to, tough to watch because this offense just can't get going. So um, I would try and look uh, to see and trade Julius Randle, but I, I feel like the Knicks aren't going to because I know that Tom Thibodeau is a big fan of him. 
So um, it, it's definitely a, a rough, rough go for the Knicks right now. I wish they was here to talk about it, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely not looking great. I, I think, and you know, if, if I were the Knicks, I would try and trade him because I don't think it's happening this year. Even if you do get into that playing tournament, there's no guarantee you're going to win. Uh, and I don't think they will. So see if you can trade him. Um, see if you can, obviously you don't want to lose in the NBA or tank, but I don't think it's working out this year. So if you can trade him, uh, try and get a good draft pick this year and then build around uh, your, your young players like RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robertson, uh, Obi Top, and guys like that, I think that would be smart. But we'll see what happens. I don't expect him to be traded, but I, I think uh, it would be wise to look into it, especially if they get an offer uh, that they can't refuse. Yeah, uh, the, the only way is I, I see them get moving on is something like a, a potential uh, Dame Lillard trade or even a Ben Simmons trade. I, I I think that I think the Knicks should entertain that because they really do need a facilitator. They need a ball dominant guy who can't has the ability to get these other guys going. And I think that'd be great for them. But I, I I'm with you. I honestly don't see them necessarily doing anything unless it is for one of those big guys. And I don't think it is. But uh, I know I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here. Speaking of one of those big names, Ben Simmons. And James Harden, everyone's talking about this. James Harden is very adamant about wanting to get out of Brooklyn. And I know it's a curveball, Sean, but uh, what do you think of this? I mean, it's crazy because, uh, yeah, I, in my opinion, honestly, you the, the, it you wanted to give the, the big three a shot. This is your final year in your contract. You already said you're you're going to test out free agency. This is your shot. This is your last time. So give it one last shot. Don't go, but James Harden's James Harden. He's just going to go and say, last year was not the only, you have another opportunity. I, I don't get it. What are your thoughts on, on James Harden and, and that possible trade that might happen? I agree with you. I think he should just ride it out because, I mean, even though it's not looking great right now, KD is going to come back from injury at some point. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, he'll be there for uh, the away games. So I wouldn't give up on, on it just yet. But James Harden can't make up his mind. Uh, obviously, he forced his way out of Houston last year because he wanted to come to the Nets. Now he's here. It's not working out for him, and he wants out again. So at some point, you got to make up your mind. You're only, you know, a year and a half into it. So I wouldn't give up on it just yet. But I think he sees the way Joel Embiid is playing right now. I think he knows that Ben Simmons, you know, they, they're looking to trade him. So I think he's saying, you know, he's looking at the shiny new toy for us. Like, hey, Joel Embiid is playing great. Uh, all our guys are injured right now. We've lost eight or nine in a row. We look terrible. We just got blown out by the Celtics last night. So I want to go, you know, to a team that is actually contending right now. And I think that it's – I don't think it's going to work out because um, I just don't see a trade going through because I know that the, the Sixers – were uh, the only way that they would get James Harden is that they would give up uh, Matisse Tybel, uh Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, uh, and I, that's what the Nets were asking for. And I don't see that happening. I don't see him giving up all those guys just for James Harden. So um, yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if, it, if a blockbuster trade between these two happened, just because there's a lot of pieces that would have to go into it. But uh, James Harden, I I don't know what he's thinking because it, I mean he's he also he still has the best player in the world, I believe, in Kevin Durant. Uh, Kyrie Irving is still a great player and you have other pieces around that could make this team a championship contender. Obviously they're going through a rough patch right now, but I think he has to, you know, kind of, you know, focus on moving forward and looking down the line that this team could be still a championship contender, but 
James Harden isn't all about that. He wants his ring because he he hasn't gotten it yet. So it's definitely a weird situation. I don't think it will happen, but uh, these Woj Bobs that have been coming in the past couple of days, you never know. So uh, it will be interesting to see how it plays out, though. Yeah, it 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 will indeed. I'm I'm intrigued. I, I even I think Ben Simmons will actually do pretty well with Brooklyn. Uh, I think really that just bettering their defense and taking over the playmaking that Harden had. I mean, you're losing the shooting, obviously, but it isn't like there's a lack of shooting for Brooklyn. So I, I think that that would be nice, and uh, I I think. I think he would do well. And also, I mean, a lot of people talk about the mental health in the media because it is New York. Look at how under the radar Brooklyn's been skating by ever since they moved to Brooklyn. Hey, everyone talks about the, the the Knicks. So Brooklyn's a good spot to play, uh, I think, if you're Ben Simmons. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It should be interesting. I, I, I'm i with you. I don't necessarily think a, a big blockbuster deal like that will get done. But uh, – would be intriguing if it did. I think both. I think really both those teams would get better with that show. But yeah, they could definitely both benefit from it. But uh, we'll see if if either of them uh, wants to pull the trigger, though. Yeah, we will see. But uh, we'll also see about some games tonight and games coming ahead. And we also got another big, big trade that happened. I mentioned it earlier, and we'll talk about that after one more commercial. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Big shout-out to JPEX Financial. I mean, they would help you out if you uh, manage your money and make sure you have enough money to bet on some of these ba- some of these basketball games probably leading us to our game break we'll talk about best bets and games coming up we're looking forward to games are already going on Sean so let's get the best bets out of the way first what you got for tonight tonight I have the Lakers covering uh minus eight against the Blazers uh obviously the Lakers have been looking terrible lately uh they're on a downward spiral but I think this is a get right game for them uh, as we talked about before, the Blazers just uh, pretty much traded away half their entire roster, all the good players too, and Damian Lillard is out. And the Blazers, uh, as bad as the Lakers have been lately, uh, it's not as bad as the Blazers. So I think it's a get-right game for them. Uh, Lakers got embarrassed last night by the Bucks, so I think this is a game where LeBron comes out. Uh, King James, I think he's on a mission. I think Anthony Davis will have a huge game. And my guy, Russell Westbrook, he's been um, he's been struggling lately, definitely. 
But uh, I think this is a game where they can take advantage of it. And I could see them winning around uh, by 10 points, maybe even more. So I like the Lakers minus eight tonight. Uh, what do you got, though? Damn, that, that was one of mine I was looking at. I, I like it. I'm probably going to put something on it because I, 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 I'm I with you. I think after that, that tough game last night, last night, right? Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. bounce back. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like Dame's gonna. It's gonna be rough without a. Or yeah, Dame's not it. Yeah, so we'll see. I think the Lakers just bounce back, but I, I want to piggyback off you. I'm going to go. Uh, an interesting game tonight: Raptors, Thunder. I, I I've been. I don't know why I've had my eye on both these teams this year. Playing well, I like I like Shake Gildress Alexander, and I really like Josh Kitty too for the Thunder. And I love Scotty Barnes uh, for for the uh, Raptors and and Van Vliet's been playing really really well. Uh, I, Toronto's a f- ten point favorite. I I don't know if I like that. I'm gonna go the over at two uh, two or four and a half. I think both these teams are gonna be able to score. Um, Van Vliet's been playing great. I think he'll get some buckets. Uh, and you got Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, or even OG who can get you that that 10 to 20 mark uh for the Raptors and then I mentioned them before Giddy and uh Shea Gilgis Alexander can put on a show for the Thunder so I think I think the points are going to get racked up give me the over 2 204 and a half and that game just tipped off just barely tipped off so yeah get those bets in yeah I, yeah. I like that that's a that's a small number I feel like 204 that's that, yeah. that can definitely hit and Pascal, Pascal Siakam's been playing great too. The Raptors, watch out for them. I think they've won what six in a row now. They're they're uh, yeah. playing some really good basketball. Yeah, I, I will say though. I mean, I, I listen to a couple. I, I hear some stuff about for, from some Raptors fans. They're not liking Siakam. I, I they haven't been liking Siakam. This could be one of those. Maybe maybe he could be on the move come tomorrow. Who knows? Because I I think. They were playing really, really good in the beginning of the season behind Scotty Barnes when Siakam was out, and he came back, and it's been a rough kind of – Yeah, they might have gotten I, – I think I think they got their footing straight, but who knows? It's been kind of rocky, so um, maybe. If those two can work together, Scotty Barnes and Siakam, that's going to be – and Van Vliet's been playing out of I, – I think, yeah. Raptors can go on a roll here. But uh, all right, now take away the bets. Let's take away the money. Let's just talk about the basketball. What game are you looking forward to coming up this week, Sean? Uh, yeah, I know you might say this is a SpongeBob square pick, but this is really the one that jumps out to me. Uh, Buck Suns uh, uh, tomorrow night. NBA Finals rematch, uh, 10 o'clock on TNT. And both these teams are playing like they both get back to the finals too. Suns, I think they're the best team in the West, right up there with the Warriors. Uh, they've been playing really well. And obviously the Bucs um, right up there in the East. So, I, I mean, two powerhouses. Uh, I'm interested to see the the matchup between, you know, Aiden and Giannis, uh, see how Devin Booker does. He's been playing really well lately. So, uh, this could easily be a rematch again for the second year in a row in the finals. And uh, I believe – this has to be the only time they play this year. Maybe they play twice, but Eastern and Western teams don't play that much in the regular yeah. season. So uh, definitely a good barometer to see, you know, how these teams match up this year. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this one tomorrow night. Yeah, that one's going to be great. I- I'm going tonight. 
Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with my Jazz. I'm gonna go Homer pick here against the Warriors, hosting the Warriors. Uh, I, I think I, I think they can get it done. They uh, were they're favored. Yeah, one one and a half points. Yeah, they they, they got a big uh, big game against the Knicks. That that was cool. Uh, wish they was here to see that intro to see uh, the 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 icing on the cake with uh, Donovan Mitchell there at the end. I noticed uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, they started to get the ball rolling, and the Warriors are playing great. So I think I think the Jazz are starting to get back into the groove of things after the, the, the skid on this past January. And uh, Warriors, I, I think they're the Warriors. They've been playing great. Steph has struggled too. So, um, yeah, should be interesting. But uh, all right, now let's get into our final topic. Another big trade. Pacers trade DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and I believe a second-round pick down the line to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. First off, I want to start this off by a big shout-out to Sports Talk with R&J, Steve Risser, and Justin D'Onofrio. Justin D'Onofrio is a Kings fan. They're live every Wednesday at 1. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why. What? But he's a Kings fan. Yeah, and he tore them apart today. He tore them apart earlier because, I mean – he, he mentioned it. Tyrese Halburn, when he got drafted, he was talking about he wants to be here. He wants to be the, the rebuilding piece. He was all for it. No one else wants to play in Sacramento. This man did. This man loved being a king. This man wanted to be a king. And you just shipped him out. I mean, Sabonis, I love Sabonis. I love DeMontis Sabonis. I, I think he's really, really great. But that's not a building piece. This dude's a Halburn's young. He's a guy you, you can build off of. Him and King could have been, I, I mean, Fox. Him and Fox. I, I thought you would have moved Fox before Halburn. And, and Fox, another young guy, I thought those two. Halburn even talked about wanting to play with the Aaron Fox and be that backcourt. But you're really going to do that to him? I mean, it shows why the Kings are a terrible organization. And they haven't, I think, 16 years since they've been to the playoffs. It's shown. It's shown. They, they, they did this before. Vladdy Divac uh, was like, hey, we're all behind DeMarcus Cousins. Then he got traded to, to the Pelicans. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a mess. And, and now you're doing it to Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on with the Kings. Who do you think won this trade, Sean? It's tough to say because, I mean, for both these teams, I, this trade made no sense at all. For the Pacers, I mean, you're you're not going to get any better this year. You just trade away your your best player, I believe, in DeMontis Sabonis. And, I mean, you get a great young player in Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. But they're both, you know, really great offensive players. But the Pacers need help on defense, and this didn't help them out really at all. So I, I think it's good for them moving forward. But you also trade away Sabonis. So it's a team that's going nowhere this year. It might help them down the line, but – I don't think it will significantly help them. And for the Kings, I mean, I like what are you what are you doing? This is has to be the worst run organization in the NBA. Uh, I mean, Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox will be a good duo, but I think it will be a good duo get to get you maybe the 11th spot, maybe the 10th spot in the in the West. It's just not. It doesn't help you out really at all. Another team that struggles defensively and Sabonis, great offensive player uh, as a big man that could pass, he could shoot, but he's not a great defender. So. I, I don't know why either of these teams made this trade. Uh, I, I would say that the Pacers won just because I think that Tyrese Halliburton is definitely a young piece that you could build around. Uh, I think that, you know, he's going to be really good for a long time. But uh, just uh, when I saw this trade come up, uh, 
when Woj, Woj reported it, I was just an ultimate head scratcher. doesn't make sense for either of these teams that aren't contending this year. I don't think we'll be contending anytime soon in the future. So uh, just a weird trade that, you know, really didn't make sense at all. But if I had to give an edge, I would probably give it to the, the Pacers. But uh, yeah. they, this trade made no sense. Yeah, I mean, this is weird. I mean, yeah, we took we talked a lot about the, the, the Kings. But also look at the Pacers side. Like, they – I feel like they're just – wildly just traded just left and right yeah yeah Similar to the like, yeah they just traded Karis LeVert everyone, too it's the yeah Karis LeVert too yeah they, they it makes no sense I don't feel like they're necessarily building anything and then they're they they just keep firing coaches too like what is going on there like these these small market teams just I I, I understand it's hard I understand it's hard, but you got to figure out something. Just doing this stuff on the fly, just figuring it out, like just randomly trading. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's, uh, yeah, I, I guess the, the, the Pacers are like the two drunk girl at the bar when it comes to a trade. They'll just always say yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, so, thought, I thought Miles Turner was going to be the one to go, too, the first one to yeah. go. Instead, they trade Karis LeVert and Sabonis. So, yeah. I think Miles Turner is probably happy that he can play more center now, but I, I, I guess they just, they they have stuck through with Miles Turner. I guess they just love that kid, and also yeah. uh, I kind of guess a little bit where the Kings are coming from since Cousins has left. You hadn't haven't had a big man at all. You, you struggled when you picked them. So like yeah, bring in some bonus. Bring in a guy who's kind of like who at least will give you that consistency as a big man. With DeAndre De'Aaron Fox, and then I mean, so so honestly, actually, now that I'm thinking this out, they really just picked Davian Mitchell over Halliburton. That's what yeah, they which did is, here. That's what I mean, they it's did not, here. Yeah, it's not terrible because Davion Mitchell is also he's really talented. He's a great yeah. defender. Uh, he's also he's got great handles and he can score, but. You give up your two best shooters, and Buddy Hill, one of the best shooters in the league, and Tyrese Halliburton, who he doesn't shoot a whole lot, but he's super efficient when he does. So, I mean, you have, you get your big man, like you mentioned, that the Kings haven't had for a while, but you you uh, suffer uh, trading away your best shooters. So that's why for both these teams, I just it, <laughs> it didn't make sense at all, and especially for two teams that, like I said, are not going anywhere, especially this year, and I don't see great futures for them coming down in the next couple of years. So I don't know. Yeah, weird. Definitely a weird trade. Yeah, I it would have made maybe a little bit more sense if instead of how burn it was Fox, just build around the, the Mitchell and have ha- Mitchell and Halburn be that 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 core backcourt for a while. Maybe the, the, the two background pick, then eventually draft a big guy, f- figure it out. But I mean, I don't know, man. It, it just isn't making sense. Nothing makes sense anymore. And I'm sure there will be some other wild trades in the next less than 24 hours as the trade deadline uh, gets going. Um, Hope yeah, so. Get another maybe. wars bomb. Yeah, maybe. I, I will definitely see some movement for sure. And also, I mean, look at the teams this year. I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about C.J. McCollum. Look, look at across all sports. You have the Braves. What do they do at the trade deadline? They made these big moves that ended up propelling them to get to the World Series. Look at a team like the Rams right now playing on Sunday against the Bengals for the Super Bowl. They were able to make those moves, not just at the at the end of the season, in the middle of the season, 
went out, got the Matthew Stafford in the offseason. Then, hey, that might not have been enough. Let's get the OBJ. Let's get the Von Miller. Let's just go all in. There could be one of those teams. Sean, I know I, I want, I'm, I'm going to throw another curveball at you. What is one of those teams? What's a team that can make a big move that or, or a move that can, can propel them and possibly even take them to the finals like we've seen already in the MLB and in the NFL? I think it's the Sixers, honestly, because uh, I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks, but this terror that Joel Embiid has been on uh, – it's probably the closest thing to Shaq that we've seen since Shaq. Maybe Dwight Howard he throw in there in his prime days, but he's just absolutely dominating, uh, not just offensively, but defensively, just casually giving you 35 a night, 12 boards, uh, a couple blocks. So I think you have to take advantage of that if you're the Sixers. The Sixers, they've been playing well lately, but imagine if you could add someone like a James Harden to this mix or I don't know another name that would make sense. I mean, but it, like James Harden, he wants to be in Philly. I think that it, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear that he wants out of Brooklyn. So, and the Sixers have that piece in Ben Simmons that they're willing to get rid of. So why not, if you're Daryl Morey, go out and at least try to get it? Because this is a team that has a championship window. Um, I said it a couple of weeks ago too, that, you know, I think that the only other teams that you would have to worry about is really the Bucks, the Heat, and the Nets. I, I think the Bulls are good, but I, I think that uh, – I don't think they have enough experience together yet. So I, I think the Sixers can definitely take advantage of this and maybe even make a run to the finals. But Daryl Moore has to be willing to give up some pieces on that team. You're probably going to have to give away a young piece. But uh, the Sixers are a team that I think should take advantage of this because if you if you don't, Joel Embiid is just going to be pissed off that you didn't get rid of Ben Simmons. And uh, he's going to carry that into the postseason. They're probably not going to make it too far. So uh, the way that Joel has been playing, I, I think that you have to try and get somebody next to him. Because you can realistically make it to the NBA Finals if you do. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that has to be the favorite as far as that question's at. Like, I, I do think they are that one guy, that one score, that one outside score away from being that that, that to for being able to compete. But I got another team that I I could see doing something, and it, it might be a little bit of a shock, but I'm gonna go the Phoenix Suns. I think if they can make a move, maybe dish like a, like a like a Mikel Bridges, maybe a package them up with some of the other young guys they got. I, I think they might be able to get something that might be able to push them because they've been there. They got there last year and they met Giannis, so they, I think they do need to do at least entertain something, some sort of deal, some sort of something because. I don't know. If you do get back there and you do meet Giannis, both those teams didn't do – there wasn't a lot of movement in both those teams, and we already saw what happened. So I, I think if you are the Suns, I think you have to be thinking of something. Or even the Warriors, if you are one the, – they've been behind the Suns for a while now, right? They, they, they were ahead. The, the Suns kind of take control of the West. Maybe make something. I mean, I know James Wiseman's a guy everyone's been talking about. Andrew Wiggins, I know he just made the All-Star. His, his stock might be high. Maybe get him, maybe someone like a, a cat, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. Wow. There are some – some moves can be made. There could be some big moves, some jaw-dropping moves that can put a team over the edge. Think about that. Cat, cat I think, would work pretty well. That, that'd be scary. 
Speaking of the Timberwolves, I mean, they're another team that honestly could try. If you could try and get a third star next to Anthony Edwards and Cat, uh, you probably have to give up like a D'Angelo Russell. But I don't think they would necessarily make a bunch of noise this year. But I mean, for the years coming forward, they they could definitely um, make some noise. Or the Grizzlies. I could see the Grizzlies making a trade, too. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But there's definitely some younger teams in the West that, you know, could propel themselves into that, you know, Suns, Warriors, Jazz territory uh, if if they go and make a big move. So definitely looking forward to tomorrow. Or even like a team like the Hawks, right? They felt the success and they know they need something more. So I could see them. I I do think come tomorrow someone's going to make that move. Or it might have been the Pelicans. It might have been the Pelicans. Hey, we got some stuff. Hey, this might be the thing. And that might propel them. I, I think, honestly, if everything, like I said, if all the dominoes fall right, then they could possibly make a little bit of a run here. But we'll see. It should be interesting. It's going to be an interesting, uh, what, like we got 19 hours, 19 or so hours till then, NBA trade deadline. So we'll see. And uh, we'll be back next week to report on it and see if anything else has happened. And the All-Star break's coming up. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. That should be fun, too. Uh, dunk contest, all that fun stuff. So, yeah. That, and, and that's really when, then, at least in my opinion, the NBA season picks up. I mean, because football's over, Super Bowl's over. Now it's time to just dive full force, face first, into NBA after the All-Star break and get ready for the playoffs and the finals, yeah? It's about to get real. Basketball's back, baby. And then you obviously do have that one little uh, March Madness little break there, too. But, uh, yeah. All right. That's going to do it for myself, Big J, Sean Scanlon, and posting up. We'll see you next week to talk more NBA. Take care. defensive play. Joel battling in the paint, laying it up and in. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Done time. Oh, wrap it up. Thompson, just the two points. This team dribbling. Oh, exploding to the rim. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.